What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. This will be a dual-streamed uh, podcast. It'll be video and audio. If you are watching on YouTube or Twitch, I appreciate it. Um, it's actually live, so if you have questions, um, we'll talk about asking questions in the chat. Um, but this will also be published to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast channel, so you can go back and listen to it. If you're just driving to work, whatever, you can listen to the to the podcast. So the goal of this podcast... Um, if you haven't paid attention to the last couple of weeks, the podcasts have been minimal, but we've been doing a live stream every Wednesday. And I think the, the live stream has been very helpful. Um, the podcast I want to do out do today, uh, it'll be like a first look for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I'll be using the EAP sheet. We can look at the spectrum data on fantasygolfbag.com as well. Um, two things I'm very, very proud of. And it's, it's honestly very good, very good data that will give you an edge in any of the contests you play, whether you're playing cash or GPPs. Um, it'll bring you up to guys like Adam Hadwin or really cheap guys um, that have a good possibility of going low or contending for the tournament. And then as well as like cutting out guys at the top of the leaderboard or at the top of the pricing, I should say, that might not necessarily be in the best form relative to the price. Uh, so it's a really good way for us to kind of polish up the player pool but again this will be a first look we'll talk through it um if you do have questions for the chat and again i apologize i'll do my best for the podcast listeners since this is just audio but i'll try to explain what i'm looking at and stuff like that the best i can um but if you are watching this live on youtube or twitch um or twitter i assume it's on twitter periscope whatever it is nowadays um if you just drop a question in the chat and just pre prefix it with a QQ, um, then I'll know that you're actually 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 asking a question as opposed to just making a comment or chatting with the people in the chat. Um, so that will be very helpful to me to make sure that I kind of stay on point. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into Fantasy Golf Bag and dive into the players. Um, using the EAP data and the spectrum data. And hopefully this will help. Um, this is going to be on YouTube going forward as well, because this will be a nice video for you to get acquainted with the, the data that we do have available at Fantasy Golf Bag um, that's not available anywhere else. So the first thing I'll point to really quick, um, and this goes for podcast listeners and people viewing the video right now. If you go to fantasygolfbag.com, go to PGA Tools and click this About Spectrum Data, this is a really nice article that I wrote up with some visuals and some real life examples of how the spectrum data comes into play. So first off, as we dive in all the players, um, if you're a subscriber to Fantasy Golf Bag and have access to the spectrum data, I, I highly encourage you to read through this article and feel free to reach out with any questions in Discord. The people that are in there are very educated on, on spectrum anyways. Um, but this will give you a very good starting point for what spectrum data is and it'll give you some graphics some examples etc so start there number one um next thing let's go ahead and dive into the players the best way we can look at this um as always you're going to kind of you know pull in course history uh i mean this has as much recent form as you could possibly need to be honest so maybe just course history the biggest issue right now, so while this is loading, um, and I'll just kind of talk through it, and then we'll talk through the golf course before we dive in. Um, but right now, for those listening 
on the audio version of this, I am just going to the EAP, which is under PGA tools in the menu and then EAP data. You'll see an Excel sheet that's kind of embedded in here, but if you click in the bottom right, um, the third icon from the right, there's a little, uh, looks like a document with a down arrow and that means download. So we can go ahead and hit download, pop up here in the bottom of your window. We'll click that to open it. So now you can download the entire EAP sheet. EAP sheet. It's a lot easier to work with in Excel. So now you have this on your computer. You can save it, do whatever you want with it. Um, I would just ask not to distribute it elsewhere. Um, I mean, I don't want to throw out the Karma card, but let's let's not share out stuff that you shouldn't share out. But um, this right here, what you're looking at is the EAP sheet. So like I said, uh, we'll dive into the golf course in just a second before we before we get there. But I want to do a couple of housekeeping notes on what the EAP data is showing you. Um, the custom ranking, which over here on the far right, you can see where you can add your weightings for stats that you really like. And like I said, this is very recent form type of data. Um, it's strictly looking at approach. I include strokes gain off the tee just because, I mean, for me, it helps a little bit just to see if like someone's really struggling off the tee. Maybe that's a reason why their approach numbers are kind of artificially inflated. Um, but for the most part, everything in here includes spectrum approach numbers, green regulation, proximity, weighted proximity, um, the positive approach numbers, the gain over 0.25, gain over 0.5, gain over 0.8, and a loss of 0.8 or worse. So a lot of good approach numbers, which is honestly what we're looking at. I mean, off the tee does pose a factor when you're diving into your players, but approach is where someone's going to actually win you a golf tournament or if you're playing DFS, it's going to be one of the guys that's going to help you build out a balanced lineup or a good lineup at least. So what are you looking at here? I know on the, on the live stream, it's probably pretty small. Um, but I'm going to do a couple, a couple quick notes before we really start looking at the player. So the first thing I want to do is right now, if you go over here to the weights that you can customize your EAP model, Right in this middle section, you can see proximity under six feet, proximity under 12 feet, and proximity under 18 feet are included, and proximity under 24 feet, which was um, kind of important last week since the greens are pretty much like 30 feet away from any pin as far as a diameter or radius, I guess would be a radius. Um, I want to change that to weighted. So I didn't update it for the actual sheet this week. You can see weighted procs is in here, but I'll just kind of show you a quick trick. If you're not familiar with Excel and formulas, I'm just gonna go to the custom ranking, which is column G. I'm gonna update each of the proximity columns to the weighted proximity columns. And they're, they're, one, they're one next to each other. So it should be pretty easy. So like for here, column M is proximity under six feet. I am just gonna change this to NN, NN, and two, O will now be P. Q will now be R. Apologies for the people listening on the podcast audio version, but this will be just a second, then we'll get rolling with some players. R in there, S will now be T. 
And I think that's it. What this does is the, let's drag the formula all the way down. Um, what this does is now instead of proximity under six feet, this is now weighted proximity under six feet. It is now weighted proximity under 12 feet, weighted proximity under 18 feet, and weighted proximity under 24 feet. And I find that very helpful um, for a number of reasons, but specifically going into this week off of last week's event, um, if we look back to, uh, we'll just do two polar opposite events um, really quick. Let me make this a little bigger. So um, the farmer's insurance open. So a lot of the approaches were from like 175, 200 yards, 225 out really. So a proximity number inside of like 45 feet on some holes was really good, which is kind of crazy. On Pebble, the greens are so small, the course is is really just just a lot shorter. It's 700 yards shorter than what Torrey Pines was. And you'll see a lot more shots inside of 30 feet. So just a comparison there, if we saw people that played the farmers and were hitting it to 30 feet, um, that won't show up inside 24 feet. If the guys were playing pebble, hitting it to 20 feet, now all of a sudden it looks like they're hitting a lot more shots inside 24 feet, which isn't really accurate. I'd rather look at the weighted portion um, it weights it to the field. So it gives you an idea of like, okay, just like birdie or better, you know, if the scoring average is five under par and someone shot six under par, then they beat the scoring average by a shot. They beat the field by a shot. Um, if the weighted proximity number for, you know, 24 feet was 50% somehow, it's a really easy golf course and the guys are hitting 40%. It's not good. It's not good. So the weighted proximity is a big factor. It definitely helps out. Um, so let me bring that back up. And then from there, all I have to do is tweak whatever I want in these, in these custom weights. So strokes gain off the tee this week, it's, it matters, but it doesn't matter that much. We're going to use this, this pod for basically looking at approach. So off the tee is going to be dropped to 10%. You can see now I have 5% left to work with. I'm actually going to bump up my spectrum approach to, we'll say 15% there. Weighted green regulation, I don't care as much about. So 10 is good. And then weighted proximity inside of 24 feet. Um, let's bump that up to 10% and we'll drop positive approaches down to 10%. So if you're watching on video, it'll make sense. But I have 100% total for my weights. So I'm not overweighting anything. So now if we come over here to column G for the custom ranking, if I sort largest to smallest, these this black lines here just mean these these golfers have no sample size during this time period, which doesn't matter. I mean, this is approach is always kind of a near term thing. Anyways, I'm just going to take out the blanks. So you can see here, based on my model that I just ran using not uh, filtered it out um, using the different approach buckets off the tee approach um, spectrum approach and the different weighted proximities. Russell Henley's number one, John Rahm's number two, James Hahn, number three, Luke List, Adam Hadwin, Russell Knox, Lanter Griffin. There's also a sample size here. So you can see like James Hahn has two rounds tracked. Still very intriguing. And what you can do is if, you know, you see somebody that pops up, I'm going to pull up another window really quick. Um, so let's just say I pull up data golf here and I search James Hahn really fast. So you see, 
just I'm just gonna walk through just as if I'm researching for the week. So I'm looking at this and I say, oh yeah, Russell Hanley, that makes sense. I mean, he's usually a really good iron player, played well at the Sony for the most part. Um, John Rahm, that's no surprise. The highest price guy in the field. He should be checking a lot of boxes here. James Hahn, $6,200. Number three in the entire field, at least for ones that have sample, right? Um, that seems a little off. So let's go look at it. So what we can do is we'll go pull up Data Golf. You go search James Hahn. You can come down here. Let me refresh this. I'm not sure why that is all jacked up. There you go. And you can see since the beginning of the year, January, um, the Amex, he gained 2.16 strokes gained on approach in one of the rounds and almost two strokes on approach in another round at the Farmers. So pretty crazy. He missed the cut, and, I, and I've already looked at James Hahn. I can already tell you he, he missed the cut at the Amex by two shots. He missed the cut at the Farmers on the number. So even though he's missed two cuts, they, the Amex missing by two is pretty bad, although it was a low cut, and he lost almost two strokes putting, um, probably more if you counted the other, other rounds. But the irons are there. Um, and if we look back at other num- other events where he's played like the waste management, he finished 10th here last year. So that's a good sign. So you go back to see some of the course history for James Hahn at this specific event, T25 the year before. So honestly, James Hahn is <laughs> at 6,200 is playing very good. His irons are on are on point. Um, you can look through his proximity numbers, weighted proximity inside of 12 feet. Again, there's only two rounds. But what are we going to work with? He's 6,200. I'm not going to go all in on James Hahn, but this is a great idea for looking at um, different price points, weighted proximity. James Hahn could be the guy. Honestly, you could probably bet James Hahn at 150 or 200 to one. Um, and there's a lot of reason behind why he would do that. The numbers look good for two, two rounds. Again, I'm not going to discount that two rounds is not very many. Um, but spectrum data kind of accounts for that. And you can see he's gaining 2.3 strokes spectrum um, on approach per round, which is really, really good. Um, and then what we can do outside of just looking at the top rank guys based on our model, we can just sort by salary. Again, I'm going to take out the guys without a salary for now. Those other guys are in the field so far, but just don't have a DK price for whatever reason. And then we can go from the top down. So what I'll do really quick, uh, for those on the, on the podcast, I'm going to walk through really quickly. I'm going to pull up the Waste Management Phoenix Open on Data Golf. I'll give you guys an idea of kind of the golf course in general and how it's looking. So last year, Brooks Kepka won at minus 19, shot six under um, on the final day. I think he eagled 17, right? I feel like he eagled 17, chipped in, and I could be confusing that with Saturday. Um, but this gives you a really good indication. Always approach. I mean, every week approach is important. I mean, that's just that's the only way you're going to reliably make birdies. So that's never a surprise. And I feel terrible by even mentioning the word approach because at this point in what, five years of doing this approach is never, you're never not going (laughs) to, you're never not going to include approach. Um, Even off the tee. I mean, off the tee on some weeks, maybe doesn't matter as much, but it's still a very key ball striking stat and it's all relative to the field. So off the tee is still going to be important this week. Approach is going to be a little bit more important, which is where the EAP and spectrum data comes in. Um, and then like most events, putting 
becomes a factor. Around the green, honestly, it's just so small samples. I would encourage you, if you'd like to research this yourself, you're more than welcome. But the sample sizes on around the green are so small. I, I wouldn't ever recommend anyone ever use around the green. The idea behind it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, if you gain strokes around the green, then you're hitting it close from wherever the fringe or the rough or the bunker. That's great. But most of these guys on tour have like four of those around. And it doesn't take much for one bad shot to be way below average or one you chip it in and all of a sudden it looks like you're gaining two strokes around the green or a stroke and a half around the green. Short rant around the green is a little bit finicky, but putting is very, is very valuable. Um, and I would encourage you while you look through the EAP data, um, you can see that right here. Strokes gain putting is still, is still important. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just weigh the, the highest proximity guys and then just discount putting. I do think there's something to be said for looking at guys that are checking a lot of boxes with the approach numbers and EAP and spectrum. And then also not losing a ton of strokes like Kyle Stanley's a perfect example. Um, we talked about this uh, probably every single week where, you know, he's been playing good for a couple weeks, ball striking wise, the putting is never just, it's just never going to be a ceiling week for him. It seems like it's always going to be a floor and then a deeper floor, unfortunately. Uh, so I do think putting is, is something you should look at. And you probably, whether you use whatever site for your models or weighing stats, putting should be a part of it. Don't don't just don't just look at ball striking stats and then move on. Use putting a little bit because it's a little bit more consistent than people want you to believe. It's um, it's volatile, probably from day to day, certainly hole to hole. Um, but yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pick a guy that's just absurd ball striking stats, been losing strokes putting and probably miraculously turn it around this week. It's not going to happen. So keep that in mind. Um, all right. So overall for the golf course, it's 7,300 yards, um, driving accuracy, 64%. The rough's usually not pretty penalizing, um, and green regulation is 75%. So I talked about this last week, a little bit, the contrary, viewpoint on um pebble beach where the driving accuracy is actually higher than the green regulation so when you're looking at those type of stats right here between driving accuracy and greens and regulation um josh i just saw your comment i apologize uh yeah i mean yeah we'll look at henley in just a second henley henley looks great again it's mostly from sony if not all from sony i, I think that's his only of any played they play uh, amex maybe um uh, let's see how many rounds did he have six rounds so i think he played i think he played the next week um uh, but yes he does look very good same with Knox. the uh the idea though is if the driving accuracy and the green regulation are inverse so for example this week driving accuracy is lower than the green regulation it, there's no real demand for hitting a lot of fairways guys are just going to bomb it they're going to pull driver out and that's probably why you see this 305 number um it is in arizona so it's the air's drier it's probably warmer this time of year than most other places but it's a pretty substantial driving increase driving distance increase they're just going to pound driver the rough's not going to be up and they're going to be able to hit a lot of greens last week you saw you saw a 70 something percent driving accuracy and a 60 something percent green regulation rate so like literally 
even if you hit every single fairway, you're probably going to miss two or three greens. That's how tough the greens are to hit. So look for guys that are bombers. That's why I said off the tee doesn't show up here, but it's still a pretty valuable stat. It's if someone can drive it down there and have a couple extra wedges in, that's definitely going to make a difference over the course of four days. Um, nothing much else from a course perspective. It's pretty straightforward. Um, conditions over the last couple of years, they've been very, uh, very mild outside of, was it Ricky Fowler in 2019? I think you won it. That was pretty nasty on Sunday, but other than that, it's been uh, usually a pretty good week. And you can see here the course of the, of this event, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Hideki Matsuyama, Matsuyama, Kepka, and Kevin Stadler. Woo woo. Um, this, the fuel has gotten stronger, which is pretty cool. So even, even looking at the EAP data and looking at the salary really quick, Rom's a native in terms of what he went to, to UNLV. Um, I think he went to UNLV. Now I'm second guessing. I, th- I thought he did. Um, no, Ryan Moore went to UNLV. Where did where did Mickelson go? Ron went wherever Mickelson went. Maybe it was Arizona State. Must have been Arizona State because he's local. Arizona State. That makes sense because Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but John Rom, Justin Thomas, Cantley, Matsuyama, Hovland, Spieth, Shoffley. I mean, it's a very good field. It's a very good field. I mean, you have good players. I mean, Tom Hoagie won last week at 8,100. Abraham Answer is usually a 9K guy in most of the fields that he plays in, 7,900. Luke List, Maverick McNeely just withdrew, so disregard this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have guys from 11.6, John Rahm down to 7.8, Harold Varner, who just won last week on the Abu Dhabi uh, World Tour. Let's look a little bit deeper. So, I think the easiest way to decipher this, and again, you want to kind of, you want to kind of spot check different things or even run separate, you know, multiple models. So like what I ran today was including a little bit of off the tee, the weight of proximities, et cetera. You could even go through here. And if you wanted to just look at, and I'll just give you a quick example weight of green regulation, I always like. Like there's nobody that's going to play well that isn't gaining one greener regulation. So let's just go ahead and do number filters above average. So everybody that's below average on weighted green regulations out to so just trims the field in half, basically. Um, weighted proximity under, inside 12 feet. It's a little bit close where personally, I think someone could be hitting it well and not gain enough strokes inside 12 feet, but like 18 and 24 feet is pretty good. So let's go ahead and do 18 feet above average. So we're already trimming it down. And then I mentioned this on the showdown stuff last week, um, positive approaches. Let's do above average there as well. So basically it's saying like how many shots per round um, is this golfer gaining um, per shot? So for example, if, you know, 50% of the shots he's one, he's hitting and he's gaining 0.1 and the next one he he loses 0.1, then that's 50, 50. You want to see guys that are gaining, you know, 0.1, 0.15, lose 0.1 or 0.2. It doesn't matter, but they're gaining more shots than 50%. That's how I would look at it. All right. So we narrowed it down pretty well. And then you could even go further. Um, like I can, I can honestly, 
I could see a case for taking out the two and three rounders if you want. It takes out a couple guys. But right here, looking over 10K, um, you got Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, John Rahm. So like from there, I would take that list and then cross-reference it with, with the waste management. See if any of these guys have actually played well here in the past. Obviously, Hideki has won here twice, so that's you know kind of a given. Um, but the same with Rom, Thomas, and Victor Hovland. But that's a really easy way for you to narrow down any of these ranges. Um, the 9K range, you got Jordan Spieth coming off of last week, who it was it was somewhat comical, right? The um, Arizona State. Thanks, Josh. Three minutes ago. Sorry, I didn't catch it. Um, Speaks a little bit comical because I did see the comments on how he had been playing coming into last week. And similar to how spectrum data helps with like sample size issues, the same issue was with Spieth where he played like he played the tournament champions and then one round at the farmers. And that was it. So how are you really going to derive any statistics, real statistics from the Tournament of Champions, which was a four-day exhibition against the best field in golf, essentially, give or take a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. And then one round at the Farmers, which is probably the longest golf course on tour. It's got to be like the longest golf course on tour. Um, going to Pebble, where he's played phenomenal with like 10 top 25s and like eight top 15s or whatever. Um, again, side rant. It it just you you got to take a bigger picture on some of these guys instead of just cutting them out based on like oh uh it says in the last 24 rounds um he's losing strokes off the tn approach well the last 24 rounds goes back to like last may that's hyperbole but again you get what i'm saying um in the 9k range jordan spieth at 9900 xander shoffley 9700 brooks kepka surprisingly is in there so let's take a look at at brooks a little bit um, so you can see the custom ranking overall 44 percentile, which is not good. It's below average. But if we look through some of his proximity numbers, he's got five rounds tracked. He's hitting 14% of his shots inside of six feet, gaining 2.7% inside of six feet against the field, 30% of his shots inside of 12 feet. I mean, that's really good. 41% inside of 18 feet. Um, Let's see. He's still positive approaches 51%. I mean, there's really nothing bad. I bet the only reason why he takes a dip in my ranking is the weighted um, proximity under 24 feet. So he's actually losing to the field there. But like I said, you take a bigger picture at that. He's hitting a lot of shots inside of 6 feet, inside of 12 feet, inside of 18 feet. Whatever event he played in where 24 feet was kind of probably like a good proximity number, he didn't hit enough in there. And that's probably where he takes a dip. And Brooks has won here twice. I think he won here twice. Where'd he go? 2021 and 2015, yeah. Right before his major run. Scotty Scheffler, another one. Scotty's usually off the tee guy. It's interesting. So, yeah, just eyeballing this. So he's gaining. You can see here the strokes gain and the spectrum approach are, are about the same. 1.51 for strokes gain, 1.53 for spectrum. So very close. Um, he's not hitting a ton inside of six feet. So, like, in contrary to Brooks Kepka, 
He's only hitting 5% inside of six feet versus 14% for Brooks. So like, again, it looks at, yeah, I mean, the weighted procs helps out a little bit. He's just not hitting a lot of really, really fantastic shots. Or he's losing some, but 67% positive is really good. <clears throat> he still has five rounds, so that's pretty good, pretty good sample size. All right. Um, so that's the 9K range and the 10K range. And that is eight guys there. So again, you can pull down this data and filter it however you want. Let's take a look at the 7K range. Um, Luke List, sorry, Taylor Gooch, Luke List. I'm going to sneeze in a second. Oh. Excuse me. All right. So Luke List, Max Homa. I mentioned Taylor Gooch, Russell Knox. Russell Knox is one of the best guys. He was one of the guys we looked at from last week. Uh, if you look through his approach numbers, very, very good. Putting is a little bit suspect. And, um, we can pull up spectrum. I do, I do spectrum off the tee approach and putting, like I said, around the green is just such a small sample. It doesn't, it just, you, you can't get an edge with spectrum on around the green stuff, but putting is still a pretty good, pretty good edge. So at a, a lower level than when you think about like, uh, I don't know, uh, Abraham answer, making a hole in one somewhere or, uh, Jonas Blix dumping in the water on a par three, like the variance between like hitting on the green and gaining 0.2. If you hold it out, you gain, you know, 2.1. And if you, uh, hit in the water, you lose 1.8 to 2.2, depending on how far the hole is. So there's a big variance in approach numbers, depending on where someone hits it. That's, that's the biggest issue with strokes gain. Um, putting is a little bit of the same deal. It, it it's not as, volatile but you can imagine for example when if you look back at um i think it was it was a third round of the farmers insurance open i think john rom made like a 38 footer or something on like somewhere on the front nine right after justin thomas made like a 39 footer and it looks like oh yeah he he gained however many strokes on that one putt and if you look through the entire round it looks like he gained strokes putting but in fact, he lost almost a stroke and a half putting because he missed everything inside of 15 or 12 feet. So there's actually a pretty good edge when looking at spectrum putting as well. Um, the article on the website just references approach, but you can you can imagine putting. I mean, doesn't it matter more if the guy makes 90% of his putts inside of you know 10 feet and he gains a little bit here and there, and that's the way he gains strokes putting as opposed to making. 150 footer and then missing everything inside of 15 feet in my view yes um so that's how we built spectrum putting for that exact reason it really helps in showdown as well um adam hadwin down here at 6900 we'll, we'll get to he was a, a very popular play for us over the weekend for for pebble and you'll see his numbers in approach wise i mean weighted proximity 10 percent um Keegan Bradley is the same way, 11.5% weighted prox inside of 24 feet. Keegan's at 7,200. He'll probably be pretty popular. Um, I'm curious what his – let's see what Keegan has done here. 
he 22 last year and I don't have, have up the prior years, but uh, overall um, from a ball striking standpoint, this fits as, as well as you can do for a ball striker with like not the worst putting there's, there's far worse putters. You can see here, Kyle Stanley um, literally, I mean, that's amazing. Kyle Stanley literally loses one stroke extra per round putting one stroke extra to, key, to Keegan Bradley. I mean, the ball striking numbers are already better for Keegan, but it's amazing from a golfing perspective that Keegan Bradley and, and Kyle Stanley could hit the exact same shots all round, and um, he's going to lose by a shot at least. Pretty crazy. Um, Hudson Swafford coming off a win. Oh, I, I just, man, Hudson. Hudson's a tough one. So he's 6,900. I don't think there's any way I really play Hudson Swafford. I would play Adam Hadwin, and truthfully, I would play Lucas Glover this week. If you looked, if you followed any of the showdown content from last weekend, um, not weekend because Lucas Glover missed the cut last week, Lucas Glover was hitting some <laughs> ridiculous shots into some of the greens and he made, I forget, I have to pull up the discord. I think he missed 11 putts inside of um, 18 feet. I think it was 18 feet. So he had 11 putts inside of 18 feet for birdie on Friday. Yeah, Friday. And he missed all of them. All of them. Didn't make a single one. He missed everything inside of 12 feet. I think he made one putt inside of six feet. Uh, one of three. And then missed everything else. So I think Lucas Glover is in for a good week at 6,900. Adam Hadwin, 6,900. Lucas Glover, 6,900 are guys that I'll, I'll kind of lean on. Nick Taylor, I liked him a lot last week. He did pretty well. Um, stumbled a bit on Sunday, but I do like Nick Taylor, 6,800. Probably can't get the Zach Johnson. Um, and Fratelli's interesting. So we can pull up, we'll segue this into the spectrum data because you can see here, he's, he's losing 1.18 strokes off the tee. Approach numbers are great. Honestly, looking into Saturday's round and Sunday's round for him last week, he played really well into the greens. Um, but I, I think he, he just, he had no idea what was going on at the farmer's um, off the tee. I, I watched some of his rounds. Um, Josh, I'm sorry. I, I'm literally, the setup here is so bad for those listening on the podcast. I have one screen up with comments and the actual stream software, and then the other screen up with the actual visuals. And uh, I'm not doing a very good job of juggling Mr. Joshua's question. So um, yes, Nick Taylor, I do like this week. I also don't know what his is. Again, this is just the first look, so I don't know what his course history is off the top of my head. We can actually go back further. We missed the cut last year at minus two. And what was the actual cut? Minus four. Minus two. So he missed the cut on the number last year, so not worried about that. Let's go take a look at him, though. I'm curious. And then we'll pull up the spectrum sheet. But yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you can see whether you just use spectrum or use something else with approach numbers. Again, it's they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty close. There is gonna be an edge if you use spectrum over strokes gain, but again, they're gonna be close. So you can eyeball this and say, like, yeah, I mean, he's hitting his irons pretty well. 
and he's trending in the right direction if you even want to use the word trending but t33 t30 we'll even go back t41 t33 t30 t14 very good made cut guy um so looked at waste management last year missed the cut 2020 for nick taylor um t49 then he won the next week so it was kind of backwards on the at&t deal which is kind of funny for covid 2019 missed the cut 2018 t52 so in my opinion if i'm looking at his course history it doesn't set up well for him i think a little bit of the off the tee probably hinders him so what i would do with him was i would play him and probably cap my exposure at like seven to ten percent um like i said i i really do like hat on this week i mean that's that's probably my favorite guy down here in the 6k range right off the bat um plenty of good low owned options like i said lucas glover's irons look great uh, putting is just the problem and like i said at the top of the show or unlike i said at the top of the show i mean you want to target guys that can actually gain some strokes putting um and even though he struggled so much last week coming to this surface should be a, a nice improvement for him and again you're just trying to capitalize on the upside if you're going to have that many approach shots inside of 18 feet and you just make a couple of them all of a sudden you're in contention and everything can kind of steamroll or snowball steamroll make it better um any of these other guys i mean pat kazire looks really good here like a 0.3 shot difference on spectrum versus strokes game, but you can see his approach buckets are really good. So I would look at his course history. Um, who's this Luke Donald. I think the course is a little bit long for Luke Donald. So I wouldn't play him. And there's really nobody else. I played some Kevin Chapel last week. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't, wasn't great. So yeah, my favorite plays in this low range are definitely Hadwin Glover, um, a little bit of Nick Taylor, and then I, I would say Kazire looks pretty interesting. 7K range, again, was Keegan Bradley, uh, Russell Knox, Luke List, Taylor Gooch. And uh, let's look at the Spectrum data really quick, and then we'll get you guys out of here for the first look. Where did it go? Okay. So, again, we're, we're back on Fantasy Golf Bags uh, website. If we go to PGA Tools and then Spectrum data, It'll load a similar sheet. You can actually do a little bit more filtering because there's not as many columns on this um, on this exact table. So you can actually filter by salary or whatever else you want to do on this one be just because there's not as many columns and you're not weighing anything. There's no model ranking for um, the spectrum data right now. But a really good way for me to look through this is the FGB percentage number is just a model weighting of off the tee approach and putting. So we can right off the bat sort by FGB percentage. I'll make this a little bit bigger for you. Um, so you can see Luke, Luke List is here. Nick Watney with three rounds. Another James Hahn type interesting one this week. Adam Hanwin, I mentioned, I mean, honestly, he, he looked phenomenal last weekend. All, all last week with his iron. So I'm going to have way, way, I don't want to say way too much because if he wins, it's not too much. But a lot of exposure for uh, for Adam Hadwin this week. Russell Henley, no surprise. Mito, uh, very cheap this week at 7K. Um, 
But if we go down to, let me sort this by salary. We'll go down to where Lucas Glover was. So you can see here, losing 0.1. A lot of that is from last week. So almost a full, or sorry, one shot. Losing one stroke putting. If we look at Kyle Stanley, losing 1.1. CT Pan's the worst, losing one and a half strokes putting. Um, But the spectrum is a really good way. You can still weed out. Um, So like number filters, we'll say the above average putters. That's great. Approach, you could even do like top um, top 30% in approach. I think that's probably a nice little bucket to, to roll it into. And then off the tee, you know, let's just say above average. And now we got our pool narrowed down just off of spectrum. You got John Rahm, Russell Henley, Tom Hoagie, Luke Liss, Mito, Troy Merritt, another good one from last week. So maybe people don't go back to him because he's so cheap. Nick Taylor pops up again. Martin Laird um, with three rounds, but worth looking into. Patton Kazire, we just mentioned. Sepp Straka and Jason Duffner. So right off the bat, I mean, Jason Duffner, hasn't he played well here before? Let's look him up. And as, the, as more tournaments unfold without course rotations, which has just been kind of a bummer, there'll be more rounds that are entered into the database. So like right now, when you look at like Jason Duffner has three rounds through four events or however many he's played, unfortunately, it's just the fact of the matter. When they got uh, the Amex with with three, three courses before the cut, um, last week with Pebble had three courses before the cut, Guys are playing enough rounds. They're just not getting enough data for us. So, so yeah, like this is pretty cool. Um, he played last week at the Saudi. Did not look very good. So maybe he just was uncomfortable over there in Saudi Arabia. Um, but like the American Express gained 0.75 strokes on approach. Uh, Farmers Insurance Open gained 1.25 on approach. So the irons are there. And if we just quickly look at his waste management history, Miscut last year really was struggling. So let's let's go back another couple of years. Um, didn't play in 2020 due to COVID for whatever reason. Or 2019 due to um, something else. Or 2018. When was the last time he's played this thing? So he hasn't played the waste management in since 2016 so again he's probably worth a dart but he's not someone similar to nick taylor the stats align up but um the history here doesn't necessarily bode well for him i would look closer to like a sepstrock or pat kazire like i mentioned kazire a couple times now let's go ahead and look him up while we got him on the stream um kazire and if you are listening to this on the audio version on the podcast, I, I would encourage you to just check it out on YouTube and and look at some of the some of the data and how I'm viewing it and how I'm jumping around. I think it'll help. Um, but either way, I appreciate you guys listening into it. Uh, so you can see here, American Express he gained a ton on approach. Spectrum will account for that if it was a hole out or a, you know an eagle or something else. Um, Spectrum definitely helps figure out if that was a true 2.73 or just kind of one or two rounds fluky. 
waste management. T50 last year. This is Pat and Kazaya we were talking about. T61 the year before. So he's making a cut. That's that's a thing. Miscut. So he's actually improved since 2019. T31. So actually, I mean, he's probably, he's definitely a better option than Jason Duffner. So 6,500 patent desire. Martin Laird, I think, has played well here in the past. But that's a really good way for you to narrow it down. Um, you know, maybe top 30% is a little bit too too narrow. We do top 40%. You'll add a few guys. Mainly down at the bottom, Wyndham Clark, Doug Gim. So a very easy way for you to use the tool. Um, and that one can also be downloaded into Excel. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Uh, I know I rattled off a couple names there. And again, I, I just want to use this as a first look and talk through the EAP sheet and how best to use it. As you can see, there's a lot of data. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. I, I know one of our users in our Discord was mentioning he spent a good 30 minutes in there. And, and picked out a couple guys, but it's a very good tool for you to figure out because approach approaches the game off the tee is important, but if you don't, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. I mean, if someone starts improving their off the tee, that doesn't really improve their approach numbers. Um, if their approach numbers are already good and then they improve off the tee, that's fine. That's even better. If their approach numbers are really good and their off the tee drops a little bit, their approach numbers can still be really good. So like, it's just, like when, when we have traditional stats, I'm not always in the dark playing showdown because weighted green and regulation is very valuable. Um, it's still very valuable, even with stroke scanner spectrum. Weighted green and regulation is a very good stat. It's uh, the way it's calculated. It's very binary. They either hit the green or they didn't. And that's really the ultimate goal of golf. Um, and then it comes down to just putting. So weighted green and regulation is always included in here weighted birdie or better, and then looking at the different proximity buckets, however aggressive you want to look, six feet, 12 feet, 18 feet, whatever you want to do. Um, pull it back up right there. That's where the weighted green regulation, weighted birdie or better is. So um, hopefully that does help, guys. Appreciate you tuning into the Fantasy Golf Bag first look live stream, as well as the, the waste management Phoenix Open Preview Podcast. Um, check back on Tuesday. We'll have the projections and projected ownership up on fantasygolfbag.com. That'll be free again this week. The current paywall stuff is the EAP data just because it's 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 pretty significant. If you, if you go download it, there is a sample. So if you want to just check out a sample and see what it's about, you can find a sample of it on uh, the EAP uh, tools tab, tools page, whatever. And then the spectrum data as well. But uh, the projection, the projected ownership, and then my article will be out probably tomorrow afternoon. And check back Wednesday for the final live stream. All the Fantasy Golf Bag members will, will hop in there and we'll ch chat about kind of final thoughts on player pools and uh, strategy for the week. Probably no weather, but we'll talk about weather if there is any. With that, guys, hope you guys have a great week. Um, enjoy your research for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It should be a fun one, and it's back to normal um, for the rest of the season for the most part. So best of luck this week. Hope to see you on Wednesday night um, about 8.30 p.m. Eastern on this same channel you're watching this currently. So thanks again, guys, and we will see you later.